Stand with me and turn in your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 16. It's good to be home. It's good to have the privilege and opportunity to minister to this great church. I'm thankful, thankful for this church. Job, chapter 16 and verse 12. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck. And shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. Set me up for his mark. I want to talk to you tonight for a little bit about shaken and not stirred. Shaken and not stirred. You may be seated. I I noticed something in the people that call themselves of God, people that call themselves of Jesus Christ, I see a certain lax attitude towards the Spirit concerning prayer and fasting and holiness. I believe in this hour and time we do not need a stirring of our souls, but rather a shaking of our minds, our souls, and our hearts. We profess that we know that we know that we know, but what is it exactly that we know? Luke chapter 12 and verse 19, the scripture said, I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And I will say to my soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Look at all the goods I have. Look at all the prayers, all the fasts, all the tithe, all the healings, all the word I've laid up for all these many years. Now I can take it easy. I was at ease, the writer said. I was eating and drinking. I was merry. Don't look at me like that. Some of you are looking at me like I'm from a different planet right now. I mean, some of us, most of us, I hope, have had life-changing experiences. And maybe, just maybe, we need to return to that time that we received the Holy Ghost. Maybe we need to take the cup that we're drinking out of tonight and get it refilled. Maybe we need a refreshing. Maybe we need a running over with the Spirit. I want you to hear the Word of God tonight. John chapter 7 
and verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Everybody shout rivers. Rivers of living water. I spent several hours in the office today, and the Lord began to deal with me about this subject and began to deal with me about this church. And I want to tell you that I'm seeing... Rivers of living water. I'm seeing movement in that water. I'm seeing a stirring that cannot be denied. I'm seeing something that is missing though. I was at ease. I said I was at ease. Job said, but he hath broken me asunder. I was at ease, but something happened. Let's let's just stop here for a second and hear the word of the Lord. Romans chapter 8. And we know there's one of those no's that I was talking about a while ago. One of those knows that we know. And we know that all things. Everybody say all things. All things work together for good. To them that love God. And to them who are called according to his purpose. I stand in the midst of a people of purpose tonight. I see a purpose of God in this place tonight. I see rivers of living water. I do not see lifeless, dead, dry bones that just want mouth the, won't want to mouth the words to a song or want to go through the motions of worship, but I stand in the midst of a people that are full of life and full of joy and full of peace and full of hope. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is working in this place. But I want to say to you tonight as your bishop, I see a shaking that needs to happen. You you honestly think that when I received the Holy Ghost, I was stirred and that was it? I might have been stirred by the word that I first heard. I might have been stirred by the repentance and by the baptism and by the Holy Ghost. But when God took control of my tongue, 
I was shaken to the core. That's when you understand you're not in control and God is. That's why, listen to me right here, that's why it's so very important that you understand that you speak in tongues often. Not just in church. Why is that important, Bishop? Because it's how you know God is in control of your body and your mind and your tongue. And if God is in control of your tongue, the wrong things won't come out. I told you what I read you had nothing to do with what I was going to preach. I warned you. 1 Corinthians 14 and 14 says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. I saw people speak with the tongue of God and didn't understand. I spoke with the tongue of God and didn't understand. But my friends, when I prayed with the Spirit, I was shaken by the Spirit. Then I understood. When I received the understanding that my Spirit was speaking with understanding that this was the words of God. And not some meaningless jabbering that the world would have you to believe. I rested. I understood that God was in control. I want somebody to hear me. We cannot just be shaken. We got to be stirred to the point that we understand we're not just any human being on the face of the earth. We've been baptized in His name and filled with His Spirit, and the God of all glory lives inside of us. The, the psalmist said it's in him that I live and I move and I have my being. When the Holy Ghost is working inside of you, you're going to be more than just stirred. You're going to be shaken and stirred. 1 Corinthians 14 and 21. In the law it is written... With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, tongues. Everybody say tongues. Tongues are for a sign. Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. 
That's why I don't get these churches that are telling their, these pastors that are telling their people, don't you speak in tongues in the church. You might scare our visitors off. Well, Paul said, when you speak in tongues, that's a sign for them. When the Holy Ghost moves on you, come on somebody, I feel something moving. When the Holy Ghost moves on you and you go beyond shaken to stirred and you begin to speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance, God is showing every sinner and every visitor that walks through the doors, this is not just any church. This is a church that's been stirred by the power of the Holy Ghost. John said, 4 and 24 of John, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Please hear me, church family. Remove the spirit and truth is useless. And remove the truth and the spirit is useless. And finally, this last thing. Not the end of my message. You're not getting by that easy. Job said, I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by the neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. His mark. What's that mean? Genesis chapter 4 and verse 15, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. You know what that mark was? That was to remind every enemy, hey, God's hand is upon him. Ah, you're not hearing me. You see, when we go beyond just being shaken to stirred and we understand God's setting us up for his mark, he's wanting to let the world know, that's my child. I said, that one belongs to me. Don't you touch it in any way. You keep your hands off it. You can't kill it. Revelation 20 and 4. And I saw thrones. They set upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. All right, here's the question. What mark do you bear? 
What do you speak? What do you profess? What do you do? Have you been shaken and not stirred? I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. That word but is a word that connects two phrases. I was at ease and he hath broken me asunder. Can I tell you, child of God, that wears the mark of God, that God is always aware of where you are and what you're doing and what's coming out of your mouth? Can I tell you this evening, be be very careful here. Remember, this is the Lord speaking. In Luke chapter 20 and verse 17, watch. And he beheld them and said, What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Now hear me tonight when I say to you, Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. Can I just tell you tonight that you're going to be a whole lot better off to fall on the stone and be broken than to allow the stone to fall on you and be crushed. I'm thinking, I know that's dangerous. I'm thinking that we need to fall on Christ. Upon that stone and be broken. Some of you are not bloody enough. Some of you are not broken enough. Some of you are not shaken enough. What makes you think that you aren't going to get bloody. What makes you think you aren't going to suffer? I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. Revelation 2 and verse 10 says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. 
Now, I know this is a little heavy on a Wednesday night, but I just want to ask you. I just want to ask you. Are you willing to be broken and even die for the gospel's sake? You see, that second death is the judgment of God. There is a reason that you're on that rock. There's a reason for the blood. There's a reason for the agony. There's a reason for the suffering. We oneness people think we have a premium on suffering. I don't know of anybody in my life that's ever been hung on a cross upside down. I don't know anyone in my life that's ever been beaten with a cat of nine tails for the gospel's sake. I don't know anyone. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm telling you tonight that there's some things that we may face in the future but I think we have the rock that releases all of those things when we fall upon the rock. Death doesn't have to be feared. Suffering doesn't have to be feared. Stay with me for a moment. Don't leave me right here. Ever watch someone in a poor country? Or maybe you watch someone wash clothes in a river or stream. You ever watch them beat the clothes on the rocks? There's a purpose for that. You can't get the dirt out by just stirring the clothes around the water. Ah, you didn't hear me. It takes violent action I'm going somewhere Matthew 11 and 12 said and from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force now we got a wrong view of what is meant by violent here. Violent means those who strive to obtain the kingdom of God's privileges with the utmost eagerness and effort. The utmost eagerness and effort. We need some eagerness here. We need some effort here. Let's go on. I'm not sure it's all sinking in yet, but maybe it will. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. First of all, let me just say, there's not anybody in this building that has ever one time in your life gone what Job went through. 
Job said everything was good. Plenty of sheep, goats, cattle, houses, family. Everything was good. I wasn't sinning. I was a righteous man. I was doing the best that I could. But he said I was at ease. I went to sleep on the job. I was at ease. But he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck. Now here's that continuation of this thought. He has taken me by my neck. Let's just pause for a minute here. I believe, I believe that we all believe the word. Isn't that true? Anybody here that don't believe the word? Let God be true, and every man a liar. Leviticus 26 and 1 says, You shall make no idols nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Job said, He hath also taken me by my neck. He said, you shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. He hath also taken me by my neck. He said, you, you get this? None of those should mean anything to you. Watch. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, he hath also taken me by my neck. He says, Be, stay focused here, Job. Then I will give you rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. He hath also taken me by my neck. And your threshing shall reach unto the vintage and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time. And you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. And I will give peace in the land. And you shall lie down and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land. Neither shall the sword go through your land. He hath also taken me by the neck. And you shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. He hath also taken me by the neck. For I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. 
And ye shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and will be your God and ye shall be my people. He hath also taken me by the neck. I am the Lord your God which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their bondmen. And I've broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. He hath also taken me by my neck. Job, I want you to understand. I know things are good. But I want you to know that nothing that you have or ever will have or ever will be will not remain with you until you understand you got to keep your eyes on me. you got to keep focused on the fact that I am everything that you'll ever need. Now that I have your attention, has he got your attention? He must have. He has you upright. That means he's taking you by the neck. And he's wanting to do something in you. So, well, if he hasn't got you, then I'm hearing something that should not be. Isaiah 14 and 3 said, And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve. 28 and 9 said, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk, drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, This is the rest wherein, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. I want this church to hear me tonight. God is trying to move us into another realm of his kingdom. He's wanting us to understand that there's more to be had for you individually and for this church collectively. But it's got to be more than just a shaking. It's got to be a shaking and a stirring.
Jesus said it like this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Somebody tell me what goes in a yoke. What part of that animal goes in the yoke? Jesus said, I'm going to take you by the neck and I'm going to lead you everywhere that I need you to go. We're going to go together because I have taken you by the neck. I'd like to tell someone on this Wednesday night that if you're struggling and you feel like you're all alone, perhaps you've slipped out of the yoke. Jesus said, I'm meek. You know what meek means? Meek means poor. Not like you don't have any money, poor. Listen, Matthew 5 and 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, All power, in heaven and in earth is given unto me. If you're yoked up with Jesus and he has you by the neck, all the power that he has is accessible by you. Jesus said, for, or Paul said, rather in 1 Corinthians 10 and 17, For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Now watch this. Being partakers with Christ because you're yoked with Him, we are forever bound to Him. What's that mean? Well, there's a little more here. He said, I'm meek and lowly. Lowly means a condition of low degree. Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. John 16 and 20 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. 
A woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but you will see again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. First Thessalonians 4 and 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. You're not going to do that unless you're yoked to Jesus. You cannot allow life's trials and life's tests to take you out of the yoke. To become disconnected from Jesus. To lose focus. You've got to let him take you by the neck. You cannot afford to be distracted because the trumpet's going to sound and there won't be any time to climb back in the yoke. Say, well, Bishop, what's that? Why in the world has that got to do with being shaken and not stirred? I want you to realize that the devil would love to lull you to sleep or get you distracted and make you think because you're going through a trial, you're going through a test, you're going through something that you don't understand, that somehow God has forsaken you and the Lord is saying, I'm going to shake you and break you and stir you and put you in my hand and I'm going to get you through everything that you're going through. I was at ease, but he has broken me asunder. Here's what God wanted me to tell you tonight. When was the last time you were shaken up? I mean, an old, good old-fashioned tearing up, hair messed up, arms flinging, feet dancing, tongue wagging in a good way. Falling on the floor, your tie loosed, Holy Ghost shake up. 
Come on, church. You think God is pleased at you? Have there not been healings, prophecies, words spoken, thoughts changed, minds reversed, steps ordered, hands clapped, songs sung, eyes opened, feet unloosed, miracles performed, souls delivered in the past? We need it again. I said we need it again. I see some shaking going on here. I see some shaking going on here. Shaking, not stirring. Acts chapter 2 and verse 2. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. You think these people were stirred? I think not. I think they were shaken to their very core. So what are you saying to us tonight, Bishop? I'm saying to you that we need a good shaking. My wife used to sing a song when we were evangelizing. It went something like this. We need an old-fashioned, sin-killing, devil-chasing, camp-meeting. I want to tell you from front to back and wall to wall that it is your personal responsibility to once again renew the kind of relationship with God that you had with Him the very first time you got the Holy Ghost. And to have that renewed, you hear me quote this often. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but through His mercy God saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to step out there a little bit and tell you that I don't believe that you can be saved without the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, how could you say that, Bishop? Well, I, I can give you a little scripture if you need me to. The Bible said... That same spirit, anybody know what that spirit is? That same spirit that caused Christ to raise from the dead, 
one day shall quicken your mortal body. Anybody tried to fly lately? Brother Joe, if you flap your arms enough, can you get off the ground that far? The Bible said there's going to be a meeting. I said there's going to be a meeting. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then those of us which are alive and remain are going to rise to meet him in the air. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to take something supernatural, Brother Jeff Russell, to get me and you off the ground. But I'm going to tell you until that happens, I'm keeping my neck in the yoke. I'm going to follow the leading of the Spirit. And every day, every day, every day, I'm going to stay renewed in the Holy Ghost because it's that same Spirit that's going to cause me to get out of here. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to have it. And if you haven't renewed it in a while, you need to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. Stand with me. The writer in Proverbs said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by the neck and shaken me to pieces. I want you to start praying. I want you to start praying for the Lord to shake you to pieces. Oh, Bishop, I don't know about that. It's not going to hurt you. I said, it's not going to hurt you. In fact, it'll probably shake some things out that need to be shaken out. I want us to pray. Lord Jesus, help us, God. Help us, God, to understand and know that it's going to take something special in this last day. God, it's going to take a special commitment, a special move of your Spirit personally in all of us, God, to be able to navigate these last days. God, it won't be easy, but it will be possible. Because we're yoked to you. And you will not forsake us. You will not leave us. But you will help us. If we're shaken. And not stirred. In Jesus name. We thank you Lord.